Hello, and welcome to Crafty Hands Club Magazine Podcast. I'm your host, Carice Jefferson. This podcast is for crafters of all ages and walks of life who love connecting with other crafters, making crafts a lifestyle, or ready to turn their crafts into a profitable side business. Tune in weekly for honest conversations and interviews about industry news, trends, lifestyle, and business. Hello, Craft Cuties. Welcome to another episode of Crafty Hands Club Magazine podcast. Today's guest is half owner of Perfectly Hued, which is a greeting card and stationery company. She is a wife, mom, card connoisseur, and Perfectly Hued is a greeting card and stationery company for children. The illustration-based boutique celebrates uniqueness while promoting positive self-image in children. Ladies and gentlemen, today's guest is Letitia Armstrong. Hi. Hey, welcome. So happy to have you as today's guest. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. No problem. So, Letitia, to get started, so card connoisseur, were you (laughs) that gave everybody a card or just liked the way cards look at the store or (laughs) said I can make my own card or? I am the card guru. So whenever there's Mother's Day, Father's Day, birthdays, like you're going to pretty much get a card from me in the mail. And for Christmas, me and my daughter, we go all out and take these fancy pictures every year for Christmas. So all my family and friends, as soon as November starts coming, like, I can't wait to see what you come up with this year. And so actually it gets harder every year for me because I feel the pressure like, oh, I got to outdo our Christmas card from last year. But it's fun. It's really, really fun. So I look forward to doing it. So that's my biggest thing that I do every year is my Christmas cards. I used to do like fancy ones for Mother's Day, but I it becomes a lot. So I am that girl who's going to mail you a card for it. whatever occasions going on in your life. If you're having a sad time, I'm going to send you a pick me up card or get well soon card. So if you're like someone's close to me, someone who is close to me, a family or a friend. Yeah, they, they probably have plenty of cards from me. <laughs> Now, I have another question for you because you are into cards. Do you keep like any cards that were ever given to you? Like, I do. I, okay, because <laughs> I have cards too that's like really beautiful mm-hmm. and I, I just kept them. <laughs> if, if someone has gave me a card in the last at least say 10 years, I have them. And maybe about two years ago, I have a big box in the garage. I opened the box and I actually sit down and go back and read those messages. And it's like so touching just to go back. So, yeah, I have all my cards in like a little box, a a keepsake box. So, yeah, (laughs) I keep all my cards. I don't think I keep all of the cards, but I'm glad that I'm not alone. (laughs) uh, Cards, because some cards are just so unique. They are. Uh You don't see them everywhere. And like you said, on the creative end, it gets more challenging, you know, when others know this is what you do mm-hmm. and you have to be like, okay, what's a design I didn't use before? Now, the question is, when you are creating cards for others, do you 
really have them in mind in terms of like make the car all about them or do you have like a set of designs and then you know you just put your own personal touch on there so it depends katina and i both sit down we think about designs we think about concepts that we want to do we have about three cards who are inspired by actual people in our life so we have a sydney card that card was actually inspired by my daughter i have an eight-year-old daughter her name is sydney and that oh, car, the little girl has braids with beads. And if you ever see my daughter, she's pretty much going to have her hair braided with beads. So that car was inspired by her. She loves pink. So that's like our pink, tickle me pink type of thing. We have our Raylan car. That car was actually inspired by Katina's great niece. She wears her hair naturally and her two puff balls. And so that design, we use Raylan's personality and her style to create that car. So we may sit down and say, hey, let's do a card about, say, maybe dancing or whatever it is. And then we think about children who are in our community who look like us and things that they're into. So not your typical like, okay, here's a shirt, here's a pants. We actually dress them up, give them personality and style to bring out that inner kid that we all know that represents little ones that we're accustomed to. That's your generic card that you actually see in in a store. Okay, and I'm sure that parents like it because it's something that they can resonate with or Mm -hmm. they have representation. They do. Because in the greeting card industry, there's a lack of diversity. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah, and lately they have been looking for diversity in terms of like artists, writers, other jobs that goes within the greeting card industry right the greeting card companies have been looking for that you know due to this whole diversity and inclusion but I want to know what is your thought on the diversity within the greeting card space because again it's hard to get into first of all it is (laughs) secondly when you do get in there you have to play politics a little bit. That's true. So as you stated, diversity in the greeting card industry, it is lacking. If you go to any of your local retailers now and you walk down the two or three greeting card aisles, you may see one or two cards that look like us. And that's going to be a Disney character. You're not going to have the option to get your daughter a graduation card that looks like you or a dancer that looks like your daughter or your son just out playing basketball or just the generic card of your son with the regular t-shirt and jeans on. That option isn't available to people who look like us, unfortunately, in the stores currently. Katina and I, we are hoping to change that. We're hoping to one day to be in those stores that so when you walk in, you're able to find a cart that looks like you. Some of the things that we hear back from parents and even some of the children is, hey, this cart looks just like my daughter or, oh, my God, my daughter loved this cart or my niece loved this cart. So those comments and those testimonies are very rewarding to us because that's the reason why we created the line. Katina and I both have daughters and Katina's daughter was younger. Her daughter's 28 now. So when she's kind of older now. So when she was a young little girl and they had birthday parties to attend or birthday parties that they hosted, they weren't able to find cards. And then 10 years later, I'm in that same boat. I'm taking my daughter to parties and I'm hosting parties and there are no cards that look like my daughter so that we can give those to her friends. And unfortunately, in 2021, that is so sad that you cannot go to the store and just pick up a card that represents 
your child? Yeah. Now, here in Chicago, okay, we have a couple of big retail stores that carry cars. You know, there's Dollar Tree, there's Walgreens, there's CVS Pharmacy, uh-huh. just to name a few. And they have actually expanded okay. the car collection in the African-American space. One of the things that I have seen, you know, from my end and, you know, I could be wrong because I haven't been in every card store or every card section. But what I have seen is that it's cookie cutter designs when it comes Mm -hmm. to the mahogany's, the, you know, the African-American genre of the greeting card. That's like my only complaint. So if I could see, like, I'm a four-figure woman, I would love to see a chubby girl or the four-figure teenager or a four-figure woman, you know, for mm-hmm. the adults, you know, the couple's card. <laughs> okay. Um, so that representation, diversity can go a lot of ways, right? It so uh-huh. it's not just, you know, race, but it can go into the four-figure space. It could go, True. you know, disability space. It does, yep. Just go, And then I think also occasions you know it could go past the birthdays the holidays it could be just because or makeup mm-hmm. card or you know yeah you up card you know <laughs> so I think I see it's a lot of opportunities in the space and if you capitalize on it you'll get far right that's true there are a now, lot of things that we could include that we're actually planning on to include soon we plan to extend some of our occasions to the get well soons and the thank yous and things of that nature. We do eventually want to expand past just the birthdays as well. Okay, so let me back up. Okay. <laughs> what, what got you to, besides the love of cars, <laughs> what got you to to start to make this a business? Because it's a difference between doing this as the holiday project and putting that mm-hmm. touch on there and then doing this as a business where it's always demands oh yes and the, <laughs> the card line really does keep us super busy like i said katina she has a 28 year old daughter so when her daughter was younger and she was planning parties and going to parties there was no cards that looked like her daughter and then fast forward now i was in the same boat having that same issue and so katina called me one day and was like what about you think we should do this you like cards i have this idea let's put it together and make it work and so i was like okay, let's do it. So we jumped in and didn't realize, honestly, that we would be here where we are today. But it's been very rewarding and very challenging at the same time, but it's been a a great journey. So we are really enjoying being able to bring celebration and cheers to the everyday people for birthdays and other occasions as well. We don't only do birthday cards, we actually have a stationary line. So we have pen pal kits in our stationary line and we're getting ready to launch some new items as well, just to have that everyday item for children. Congratulations on that. I Thank did you. that on one of, on a recent post. Now, in terms of because people are into affirmations and positivity mm-hmm. and greeting cards is a good way to foster, to help foster the self-esteem. So I know with the on the image and that's what you guys are doing, you know, to the girls 
that they can resonate with. But uh-huh. what about like the overall in terms of the wording and just the whole structure of the card? How does that play into self-esteem? So when we're coming up with the, the wording for the inside of the card, which takes a while, actually, it's not something quick and simple. We study the design as we create it. We think about things that can help the children relate to it. For instance, we just relaunched our superhero card. And the inside of that card is stating wishing you a super birthday. Most kids, they expire or they love a special superhero But our goal with that card was to actually instill in them that they also can be a superhero to someone from maybe helping kids at school with bullies or maybe just helping grandma, grandpa around the house. But even though sometimes kids look to other people as superheroes, just instilling in them that they also can be superheroes to other people as well. Not all superheroes wear capes. So each card is kind of different when we're pulling different things out. But yeah, so that's very important to us to make sure that kids are feeling confident in themselves. That's a good tool to you. That's a good learning tool that parents can use to instill in their kids too. Mm -hmm. And I like the fact that you all carry cards for both genders because a lot of times you'll see more cards for girls than you see for boys. That's true. That's very true. You do. You have a lot of more options for girls. Yeah. You really do. Now, my next question to you is, so you guys jumped in, <laughs> jumped mm-hmm. in <laughs> so to say, yes. and say, okay, we're going to do this. And it's been, you know, you all had a good start. It's, yes, you know, been like a good ride. What advice would you give to someone that's ready to jump in just like you all were? But Mm -hmm. then at the same time may feel like, okay, am I being realistic about this or is is this going to really work or is this just me wanting it so bad that I'm Mm -hmm. willing to do this? I think the biggest key or the best advice that I would give someone is probably never give up. You know, always believe in your dream and yourself. Even when doors close or someone tells you no, it's okay. Keep going because we have been told no a lot. We apply for various competition and events and they'll say, no, no, we don't think you're ready or no, this isn't the look we're going for. So we have had doors closed in our face, but we don't say no. We just embrace it and say, maybe God didn't want that particular door open for us. We're going to keep working hard. And when that right opportunity comes along, it will. So just never giving up in your dream and never giving up in your product. Just always keep moving forward no matter what. Now, what was a rude awakening kind of lesson that you and Katina learned in this space? Like Mm -hmm. not so much as from being a vendor at a show or participating in the trade show, but like what was that rude awakening like? oh boy, I wasn't prepared for this or I didn't know this because there's always something you something. don't know or you, you never saw coming. I think as a whole, as a business, maybe the legal aspect of it, there's so many legal things that we have to accomplish and attorneys that we have to consult. So small things like that, we would have never thought that, hey, we have to make sure this is done. Of course, you know, we have to have all our images copywritten so that no one steals our designs or use our designs. So the legal aspect has been very interesting to make sure we're, you know, doing everything the correct way so that the business won't later 
be in jeopardy in any type of way. I think personally for me, things that I've personally had to work on, I'm more of a behind the scenes person. So coming out my shyness role and getting in front of people and speaking to them and promoting the brand, that initially was a, a big challenge for me personally. And also maybe our time, Katina and I both work nine to fives. So we're running our business and working nine to five. It can be mm-hmm. very, very challenging. On top mm-hmm. of, I have a little one at home as well. So just juggling our time to make sure we're meeting deadlines and getting things done. That would probably be our second biggest challenge, just juggling that time to make sure Perfectly Hue is moving the direction that we need it to move. That's a good point you brought up because a lot of times that's something that I learned a lot within the last couple months, you know, being a a new mom and working nine to five and Mm -hmm. having a Crafty Hands Club magazine. And it's challenging at times because Mm -hmm. you're meeting demands. And just because things are going on, your baby demands and needs never stop. Never. (laughs) (laughs) You can't take a break from that. (laughs) Not at all. So Letitia, how have you balanced between motherhood, the nine (laughs) to five and the business? Because all three of those are like Uh, running neck and neck. (laughs) They are. And Katina and I, both of our nine to fives are demanding. So it's not like we have like easy nine to fives, they're very demanding. So initially for me, I will get very overwhelmed, like trying to figure out, okay, I have to work. I have to do this. I have to pick her up. And my daughter is involved in a lot of activities. So after school, she has piano or swimming or she does gymnastics. She does horseback riding. So I'm always like super busy. So I'm always on the go. And you're going to always see me with a laptop or my tablet or something in my hand. Like there's no downtime for me. So if she's at practice, I'm probably sitting there working on the back end of the website or something. So initially I used to get very overwhelmed. But what I learned to do is to organize my schedule and organize my time. I know that these are things I have to get done today, or these are some tasks that maybe they can linger to next week. So organizing my tasks daily for work, for business, for my life in general, that helps me get organized. And I also make sure sometimes on the weekends that I maybe set a time where it's just time for just me. And if that's just getting my nails done or getting a massage, I really take self-care seriously. So I make Mm -hmm. sure I still get time in for me. And then there's times where I block off that maybe, hey, me and my daughter are going to go bike riding today if that's what she wants to do or whatever activity. So I'm still making sure I'm giving her that time that she needs as well. And then maybe some nights on certain days, I stay up later later to work on the business. So just having a, a calendar planned out for my day, that helps me out a lot. And initially I wasn't doing that. I was just like doing everything as it came across. And I was like, no, it has to be a better way to do that. So for me, I believe structure and being organized, that that helps a lot. And then sometimes you're going to fall off and sometimes you're not going to meet the mark. No one's perfect and that's okay. But I think if you prioritize the task and know what's most important and get those done first, I think that helps out a lot. I agree with all of that because you do need the visual to see how your day actually go. Like mm-hmm. what, you spend, how you, what you do with your time. You know, mm-hmm. you need to see that. Now, you mentioned, you know, when you have your daughter at a practice or mm-hmm. at a party <laughs> and, and you might be doing some work on the back end. 
has it been some times where you felt guilty about that as a mom? Like, I'm really supposed to be here to support my daughter. Not to say that you are not supporting her, yeah. but like, I'm really supposed to be paying attention to her. And here I am doing some work. <laughs> not necessarily at a practice. So at a practice, if it's say swimming lessons and they're in the pool and if it's a private lesson or a group lesson, I'll look up from here and there. So I don't feel guilty from that. But say it's a recital or, or something big. No, there's no work going on then. Phones are off. Do not disturb. It's put up. But if it's just like an everyday or every week practice, then I will bring it and try to take care of things that I can't take care of. Because a practice can be like an hour. And believe it or not, I can get a lot of stuff done in that hour. Mm-hmm. If you, if you, <laughs> if you, you know, have your priority list, yeah, mm-hmm. you can get that done and then you're undisturbed for that hour and you can be focused. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> but yeah, something big and major, like a big recital or something. Oh no, I'm not that, that mom and nothing against a mom that does that. Cause I have friends. They're constantly on the phone. They constantly have to do things. So for me, there are times when, hey, everything is off and put away and do not disturb because you have to have your inner peace. Now, from the legal end of things, because you do have to get your stuff copywritten. And since this is a greeting card company, I'm guessing you have to get those the drawings copywritten. I know the written part has to be copywritten. What did you start with the legal from the beginning or did you get started in the greeting card space and then as you went along you know in other words you picked up traction in terms of customers then you decided to get legal so did you do that from the start or did you do that as you saw that it was a real business no, so lucky for us, Jabria's daughter, I mean, Jabria, I'm sorry, Katina daughter, who name is Jabria, she recently graduated law school. So while we started the program, she was in law school. So we were able to pick her brain and she was able to guide us. So we had all our legal stuff set before we even launched the business. So for us, we were in a good position because we had someone that was helping us. So Shout out to Jabria. She is an attorney now. So, yeah, she actually helped us along the way when it came to the legal aspect of it. She actually graduated from Howard. So she's a Howard Law graduate. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, that was, you know, it was that you all had, you know, someone in your corner and someone that you can trust and, you know, get, you know, helpful advice from. But for Mm -hmm. someone that doesn't have that kind of help, because there's legal programs, too, they what are. are things that they should what are things that aspiring entrepreneurs in the space should look for when seeking legal help? Maybe check some of the local law schools. So if they live in major big cities, those students, they have to do some pro bono work. So often, I don't know if it's like once a quarter or once a year. I think it varies per school. So there's different tools that you can call up and ask, and they might actually be able to give you a student worker. Hey, for this coursework for this semester, they have to help someone in the community with this type of business or this type of issue. So there are some free legal ways to go about getting your initial help if you don't have that startup cost initially. So maybe checking some of the local law schools in the area. That's good advice. And who, you know, for someone who's listening that, you know, is stuck at that particular task, Mm -hmm. that's 
something that they can look into because there are legal clinics and so forth. But what you have legal clinics, I haven't used the legal clinic in a long time. So I can't tell you what the rules are, you know, and I don't know if they are back, you know, due to the, you know, whole pandemic. So I know that they can look, look online for some free legal help, but I'm pretty sure it's a longer process versus being able to go directly through a law school or bar association. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I guess it might just depends on where someone lives, but I'm pretty sure most states have a, a law school within their state that they can research and reach out to. Yeah. And it's best to protect your work you know, Very important. because mm-hmm. people just steal all types of stuff. I see it <laughs> a lot too. in the craft space. And it's not to be mean, but I see it a lot in the craft space too. Oh, okay. You know, stealing mm-hmm. trademarks, designs, logos. Oh, wow. And, you know, you have to be careful about that stuff because these are actual brands, mm-hmm. you know. And so it's, it's, you want to, you know, protect your stuff. And sometimes people, be so excited about going into business that they overlook that and they overlook then, that mm-hmm. until something yeah. happens yeah and you don't and at that point it's too late yep it's too late the damage has already been done then other than the diversity issue in mm-hmm. the green card space what was another barrier that you guys faced as you were trying to make waves in that genre so basically like another challenge that maybe we face. Is that what yes. you're asking? I think that's pretty much our major challenges. Balancing our time, getting, well, I guess another big challenge that we actually have now is probably brand awareness, getting the brand out there to people. A lot of people still don't know that our brand actually exists. So learning how to market our product so that our ideal customer would know about our business has been a challenging issue for us, I will say. And In terms of building your community, uh, Mm -hmm. because that's something every business has to do, Mm -hmm. do you feel like you have to be out there every day or do you have a different approach? Because some business owners say, hey, we're visible 24-7. And then you have (laughs) this that say, no, we're not visible 24-7, but when we are on there, people know we are on there. I think it's an everyday thing. I don't think it's necessarily out beating the streets every day. Prior to the pandemic, Katina and I, we did. We attended a lot of events. We went to various, I used to live in Maryland, so we would go out to various barbershops and salons in that area, as well as in the Atlanta area, because the business is based in the metro Atlanta area. So we did a lot of outreach and reaching out to people and just putting our brand out there. But when the pandemic hit last year, it kind of slowed us down a little bit. So we're hoping maybe towards the end of this quarter this year and early next year that we can get back out to doing those various things that actually put us in front of our ideal customer and allowed us to introduce the brand to them. Yeah, with the pandemic being pretty much in the rearview mirror right now, Mm -hmm. events and you know, in public places are starting to open back up. They are. There was a period where greeting cards, I don't want to say a period where it was a downhill because I don't think there ever was a downhill. You just have so many card enthusiasts out here. Mm -hmm. 
And then it goes into that proper etiquette, right? Of you put something, you giving someone money or a gift card, you put it in the card. Right. (laughs) Instead of just giving it to them. But (laughs) do you think that because of the landscape where parents are a little bit more involved with their kids in terms of crafts and DIY, do you think that's playing a part in the greeting card space? Or do you think that still can be improved? I think it can be approved to an extent, but I also think that for our cards, because we focus on kids, younger kids mostly, that attend birthday parties. So you're pretty much, you're going to have a birthday card when you attend, well, proper etiquette. So you're going to have a card when you attend a child's party. Mm-hmm. I haven't really seen, and I go to a lot of birthday parties, I haven't really seen where someone would just hand the kid money. However, at adult birthday parties, I have seen that or even at a wedding, I've seen where someone just cash up the bride right then and there. You know, I forgot to get a card. So for adults, yeah, (laughs) I couldn't believe it either. I was shocked. But I have seen that for adults, but I've never seen it for kids. So I think for adults, it may kind of like dwindle it for certain occasions. But for children, even if they're running to the store right before the party, I've always seen them with a gift in the card. So I think for for us and our brand, there are things that you can do to improve on etiquettes. But for our customers, I haven't really customers. I haven't really seen a lack on that issue. Okay, yeah, that's something that I thought about. And now that I'm thinking about it, you know, I haven't been going to a lot of kids parties. And I can't tell you last time I went to a kid's birthday <laughs> They're party. coming. <laughs> but now that I have my own, you know. Mm-hmm. They're I'm coming for to, you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the times that I, you know, would be at like my niece's parties when they were little or okay. cousins. Yeah, people all would give kids, you know, a car because the cars are colorful, they're pretty, yeah. they're, you know, even for the little boys, you know, they mm-hmm. gave and yeah, now that I think about it, I don't remember a time where someone just gave the kid cash money unless it was someone that didn't attend the party and a couple of weeks later they saw you and they gave you, you know, the five or twenty dollars. That's true. That's true. I have a lot of people, if they're not in the area, they'll mail a car and they'll put the gift card in there or check in there or something like that. But just I haven't personally seen them just hand the money over to a child. It could happen. Yeah. It could happen. And you know, when they're so young, those kids sometimes they don't care about that card. They open it up trying to see what's <laughs> in it and then they throw it to the side. Oh, so I course. think as they get a little older, they are more appreciative of cards yeah and I think that's where the parents come in you know some parents they have the kids to read the cards. yep they do each yep. one one by one yep mm-hmm. they have them to read the car and then you know take what's in there and you know put it to the side uh, mm-hmm. that's know? true so that's teamwork mm-hmm. <laughs> yep to make sure that is true yeah I mean this is really good because the greeting card been around for years, you know, uh-huh. and uh, you know, it have lasted many highs and lows, but <laughs> yet still it has a mysterious appeal to it. Like, you know, you see the same brands that are, you know, dominating 
the mm-hmm. green card space. What is it? And I know you mentioned some of it earlier, but what besides diversity, okay. what else would you like to see happening in the greeting card space? Hmm, besides diversity, let's see. I don't know. Maybe more illustration based companies, not necessarily generally just the words on on the front because we're an illustration based company. So on the front of all of our cards, you're pretty much going to see a design of a kid or a teenager. So that's that's our little niche. So maybe mm-hmm. more illustrations, but it, it just depends because everybody doesn't like necessarily a design. I think you have to have different categories and different designs based on that clientele. A buyer in Seattle might not be the same as a buyer, say, in Atlanta. So I think you kind of got to know your area and, and niche to that, the people that's in your demographic as well. That's a good point. And again, I often think about sensory mm-hmm. you know, because you, you know, you have kids that are visually impaired or, you know, okay. that have autism and so forth. And, you know, certain card materials, the paper material, oh, yeah, that's true, may not be conducive to, to every kid. Is there a space for that? You know, do you know if there's a space for that? You know, kids with sensory issues and greeting cards for them? Because I've never seen, I've never seen a card for a visually impaired person. And I mean, just because they can't see doesn't mean they can't enjoy a card. The feel of a card. That's very true. I don't know if there's a space. I wouldn't want to say no and there is, but I'm just not aware of the space for that. But that's a great idea and that is a great point. But not that I'm aware of. I'm not sure of a company that does that. Yeah, the, I always wondered that, you know, when I would see, you know, cars like, oh, well, it would be nice, you know, if I would see something, you know, for you know, kids with sensory mm-hmm. issues, that would be something where, you know, the parent could actually participate. Now, because you mentioned pen pals. Yes, ma'am. Now we're in a world where everything <laughs> is mobile, you know, blocks and everything is digital now. Yeah, everything in between. I guess what I'm asking is, how are you getting kids to appreciate the value of pen pal? Because <laughs> pen pal was something we grew up on. You know, we had pen pals that lived in other states or other countries. We had diaries with the little lock and key. Mm-hmm, the lock and key. <laughs> you know, we had the Lisa Frank notebooks, you know. So in other words, we enjoyed a lot of things without technology, but now we in the world where apps is almost everything. Everything. Do you plan to have a digital pen pal or you just return into the old school pen and card? So the reason why we created the pen pal kit was because kids have gotten away from writing letters. There's kids that they cannot write in cursive anymore because that has been taken out of the education systems in some counties and some states. So mm-hmm. our idea behind the pen pal kit was to encourage kids to start writing letters. And there's a lot of kids that do not know how to properly address the envelope. And that's very important. They might not even know where the stamp goes. So just proper etiquette as it relates to dressing the envelope, 
writing your friends, how to properly start off with the dear or the type of greeting you want to use and how Mm -hmm. to sign it with your signature. Those small things that are very important in life. A lot of children do not know how to do that. So our idea behind the pen pal kit was just getting kids back to writing those letters and also receiving that snail mail, you know, the excitement of waiting to get a letter in the mail. My daughter asks me almost every day when I check the mail, did I get anything? Did I get anything? And I'm like, no, they haven't wrote you back yet because she writes her cousins there in Arizona and she writes some of her friends or who are, because we used to live in Maryland. So she still has friends in Maryland. Okay. She sends letters to pen pal kids, not pen pal kids, but she sends pen pal notes to them. So she's waiting. Like, did they get it back? Did they send it back? But mind you, they do have their tablets, so they, they can FaceTime each other anytime they want. But that small note, when she gets it in the middle, she gets so excited. Like, they wrote me back. They wrote me back. What did they say? And so she'll sit there and read it, and she wants to immediately write them back. And so just encouraging her to write letters. And I take her with me to the post office so she knows how to address that envelope, where to put the stamp at and you know, showing her that process because a lot of kids just don't know and you don't want them to grow up and then they lack that skill. So our pen pal kit was basically to bring back writing for our children. And I think you have to be balanced with both. You do need to know how to work apps and work your tablet, but just the everyday writing in the pen pal kit, that's also important as well. It is. And it's a good, again, that's a good educational tool for not just etiquette, but also to help with social skills because mm-hmm. a lot of kids lack social skills and mm-hmm. also to get them to, to share, you know, learn to share as well. Right. Yeah, I and like fill out the words correctly. They might put LOL or OMG. And, you know, as you become into the professional world, you have to write those things out using those acronyms, not going to work. So not at all. Being able to do both, you know, being flexible to do both is very important. That's something me and my husband used to always say, you know, even before, you know, the baby got here, we would always say, you know, the no child left behind. It sent a lot of kids off. But then you get in the work world, the working world doesn't accommodate the no child left behind. No, either you know it or you don't. Yeah. And if you don't, they'll replace you with someone who does. So another question that I had, and this goes into a community. Do you have a community for the kids where a lot of businesses have their tribes and they and they have group pages Mm -hmm. for the community? And in your case, it might be the parents of the kids that they buy the cards for. Okay. Do you have an online community for that? Or do you plan to have an online community where you could get that feedback and that response from the parents and the kids about your products? So at this time, we don't have an online community. We have social media pages such as like Facebook and Instagram. So if someone has comments or wishes or concerns, they typically reach out to us that way. But to say that we have like a page that's designated just for the community at this time, we don't. It is something that we will look into in the future. But right now, we just don't have anything like that. We have a lot of family and friends that give us ideas and suggestions and thoughts. And they'll say, hey, I don't know about that. or Oh, I really love this. And so we'll bounce it off of them before we actually launch a new product. But to say we have a big community page where we get information from others, we don't have that at the moment. No, ma'am. 
Okay. No, I was just curious. And you answered another question that I had because I was going to ask, like, how do you get your, you know, your ideas and your inspiration? Because, you know, no matter how creative you are, there's a time where there's no creative juice, you know, (laughs) like it's a task instead of something you actually love to do. And I was going to ask, you know, what do you do to get it back? But you know, you said that you have a group of supporters that mm-hmm. give you that honest feedback. And what advice do you have in terms of that? Because sometimes in the entrepreneurial journey, you'll get people who will say, okay, you know, let me know if there's anything that I could do or you want to share and get some ideas or get some mm-hmm. feedback from, let me know. But then when you reach out to them, they're nowhere to be heard, right? <laughs> so <laughs> when choosing, what are like some things that people should, entrepreneurs should look for when choosing people for that honest feedback? Because getting feedback is one thing, but you want honest feedback mm-hmm. that can actually move you forward. I think for us, it's our close family. And they're honest and say, hey, no, you missed the mark on that one. Maybe revisit it. And sometimes we like, we work really hard on it. And they're like, mm, yeah, I know. And so we'll just, you know, we take the criticism and we, we, and the good thing about Katina and I, is two of us. So if her creative juice is not flowing, maybe mine is. And if mine isn't, maybe hers is. So we can, you know, work together and piece things together. So maybe with a design, like, hey, you know, I, I want to move her. I want to give her a necklace or I want to move this like this. And so that helps us. And then once the finished product is done, we'll sit back and look and say, hmm, you know, maybe this should be changed. Let's move this around. So it works because we have the both of us to bounce that off of. And then once we finish, we'll, you know, share it with our close family and, and get their thoughts as well. That's good. That sparked another question that I had because you all are in a partnership, right? That's correct. Yes, ma'am. Now, (laughs) there's been some ugly sides in partnerships. What advice do you have for people that want to enter a business as a partnership instead of going at it alone? What advice would you have for them in terms of how to keep healthy partnerships? And, Mm -hmm. you know, you can't avoid everything, something comes up, but like, in terms of, you know, being on the same page and having that vision and those goals, what advice would you give regarding that? I think a partnership is very healthy and it's a great idea because sometimes you can carry that load and you get burned out. There's sometimes where maybe, hey, I need help with a certain task and then I have a partner there that can help me and vice versa. Me and Katina, we're more like family. We've known each other for a long, long time. So we work well together. You know, I think with partnerships, you have to have great communication skills. And you got to be open minded. You know, sometimes there might be a task that maybe I would tackle it one way and the other person wouldn't. But long as we're getting to that same common goal and that journey is getting to that finish line, I think it works. I have several friends that have partnerships with other people and with their businesses and it works well for them. And I, like I said, I just think the communication has to be open and being able to talk to each other to, to get the task done. But I highly recommend it because it helps to have someone to bounce ideas off of and it helps to carry that load. That is good advice. 
and very transparent. So last but not least, Letitia, how do you describe the business and the designs? What, What are three words that comes to mind? Three words. Let's see. I have two that stuck out to me already. So <laughs> I guess cute is a word that I would like to use. Melanin is another word that I would like to use. And perfect because our melanin babies are perfectly hued. I like that. I do. <laughs> I like the fact that you all are covering various complexion types. Yes, ma'am. Because we do come in various shades. So we just wanted to give everybody that option to get a card that looks like your child. And that that has gone over so well with everyone, especially at events. They're like, oh, can I get this one in the deep option? Or can I have that in the medium shade? And my daughter looks just like this. So they people really enjoy having that option because we, we've never really had that option. That's very good. Listeners, that is a wrap. If you enjoyed today's episode, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Handle Crafty Hands Club Mag. Take a screenshot of today's episode and share it on social. Don't forget to tag us Crafty Hands Club Mag using hashtag CHC podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Join us. Thank you for having us. Yay! No problem. Thank it was you. a pleasure talking to you. And listeners, again, thank you for tuning in and join us for a new episode next week. <laughs> thank you.